0: ethos.
1: Welcome to the next Simple Step. I'm Paul. I'm Angela. And I'm excited you're here because uh, we were talking last time, if you didn't check out last week's podcast, just about you know energy management. And if you tried it, we'd love to hear uh, what happened, optimizing your day, not for time management, but for really making sure that you're scheduling things to do when you have the energy for them and your your most creative work for the time of day when you're most creative and i think this piggybacks nicely because today we really want to talk about how you dream and i don't know that we're middle-aged uh as we're both ar- around 40 we'll just leave the range there uh, that used to be a middle-aged but i'm planning to live i don't know about you angela but i'm planning to leave live to 120.
0: me too uh,
1: the, no is that way. your number?
0: Oh, I put that out there every day. I'm taking that's it so all. Funny. Yeah, so 60s middle age for me, right? Totally. I'm, to, I'm
1: only right? a third of the there way know. there, man. Well, and that's <laughs> it. And that's why, you know, a couple of years ago I started finally. I'm a late bloomer. I finally decided to get serious about getting healthy and and fit and I love it and I have more energy than ever before. So I highly encourage find what works for you, right? Uh, but, you know, what you put into your body and how you move your body sets, you know, everything. But think about that. A a lot of people don't really dream past 40, I think, because it's sort of like, well, now we're just saving for retirement. We're trying to get to the end so we can get our retirement and then what, right? Yeah. And I don't want to work to retire. I want to do fulfilling work for the rest of my life and it will change over time, but I'm not working for retirement. I'm working to have a life and the work that I do is life giving and I'm so grateful for that, but really thinking about dreaming, and it got me thinking about this because I am in the middle of the best documentary series I, I think I've ever seen. You have to check this out. I'm. And, I
0: do. I need to write this down and make okay. some must this week. My homework.
1: It, <laughs> fascinating. And you you spend a long weekend or watch it, you know, over several weeks, uh, as I've been doing uh, with my kids. It's fascinating. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. You have to actually add the. BritBox for British TV, and they've got a free trial you can check out. But the series is called Seven Up, or the Seven Series. And in the 1960s, they followed around these seven-year-olds, and they start with the quote, you know, give me a, a child until they're seven, and I'll give you the man. And oh my goodness, we're up to like when they're 42 right now. And uh, present day, they're in their 60s. And I can't wait to get to present day. But we watch and check in with their life at seven year intervals. And my goodness, it's chilling to watch what they asked those seven year olds about what they thought about other uh, kids, boys and girls, and what they thought about uh, did they want to get married and have kids? And where did they want to go to school? And what were their ambitions for the work that they did? And they, it was two groups of kids: ones from a very elite private, expensive boarding school, and another for kids that were in a a, a group home. They they were living um, on the state and did not, you know, have any resources. Uh, they asked them all these questions and uh, and then you know you check in with their 14 and they're awkward teenagers and <laughs> but it was fascinating by the time uh they were 21 uh, you start to see and they do flashbacks to the things that they said when they're seven they ask them the same questions they start fulfilling what they said they would do and how they would be when they were seven wow. and the kids and it, uh, the kids that Uh, didn't think they had a future, like they were going to figure it out. They didn't care about money or status or anything. Um, They really struggled. But the kids that were really driven, and it's not just about money, but like they had a purpose and they were given to it by their parents, of course, and by the people around them. Because when you're seven, those are your primary influences. The kids that were, uh, they said they knew what colleges they were going to go to and what they would do for a living. And darn it, they did it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh and the kids that had no clue, they really struggled. And there's there's one of I call them kids, they're they're in their 60s now. Um, uh, but you see them as these seven-year-old precious children with the whole future ahead of them. And it was pretty darn locked in. They knew what they wanted to do and they did it. And or they didn't know what they d- wanted to do and they really struggled. And so I thought about that. They had these some of these kids had really big dreams and they fulfilled them by the time they were in their forties. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, where they're at, uh, now in their sixties. But I think about that for us. And if you're in your thirties or forties or fifties, you're not done. You still have breath in your lungs. What are you dreaming for? Go back and remember if you can, when you were seven, uh, and what did you dream about? And, you know, the jobs have changed and the world has changed a lot uh, since we were kids. But I think that we are all kind of given these natural dreams. Um, and then we're told, you know, to do something more responsible or that's not realistic or boys don't do that or girls don't do that or, you know, we don't do that or whatever the case may be. And yeah. so, Angela, I wonder, what do you think about that? Is like, have you dreamed recently and like what? For me, I want to have a bigger dream for the future than than my past, not be living in the past. Because that's one more thing. I, I'm sorry, I'm going off on the series because it's yeah, so Yeah, no, it's
0: good. <laughs> There's this one
1: guy that dreamt of being a jockey, but he didn't have a lot of confidence. Yeah, all you ever wanted to do was was ride horses and be a jockey. And at one point when they interview him, he he did pursue that when uh, he was in his uh, teens. And he got into a race with some really uh, experienced jockeys that he looked up to. And he came in dead last and he didn't have confidence. And so he gave up. And Mm. so when he's 28 and they're talking to him, he's saying, you know, what uh, is most fulfilling in life? And it's like that one time I was in that race, that was my greatest moment of my life when he was, you know, 21. And now he's looking back as 28 or now he's 42 in the the episode I just watched and he keeps doing flashbacks talking about that one time like the glory days are
0: behind me for yeah. like
1: three years when he was, you know, 18, 19, 20. And I'm like, dude, Go ride horses, like do the thing that (laughs) brings you
0: joy. It's like Al Bundy reliving his high school football days, (laughs) like children. That's right. (laughs) But my goodness, and he he became a shoe salesman, and he didn't do anything else with his life. Right is the whole point. That was the point. And stuck in that pattern. Yeah, we can
1: laugh about it when it's on TV, but when it's your actual real life, it's so sad because you have an opportunity to fulfill some of those dreams and. Maybe, you know, you dreamt of being an astronaut and maybe it's not in the cards for you to, to join NASA, but man, m- maybe you go get your pilot's license or uh you go apply and work at SpaceX. Like th- now is a better time than ever. You can go pursue things that bring you joy. What are you waiting for? So, Angela, what about for you? What do you... What do you think about this whole like dreaming your future is bigger than your past? And what, I, what dreams do you I think have?
0: it's ironic that at seven, I was making tapes of myself talking on the radio. And yeah, and you'd never know. Right. And there's no such thing as podcasts.
1: So the technology has changed, but now you get to talk into a microphone. So
0: apparently I'm fulfilling my seven year old dream. You are. even to this day. And I have. And I, you know, and I did I, I did I never knew how or why I landed in radio for my first career um, from 17 years old on until gosh, what, four years ago? Mm-hmm. So um basically almost 40. So it was like a 20 year span, over 20 year span, um, with doing radio and stuff and and i never even thought about the fact that i was doing it like i was i would just tape because we had cassette tapes in those days remember and you couldn't you didn't have like digital media so the only way you heard a song was if you could catch it on the radio and tape it you know do you remember those days
1: i do i have i still have tapes (laughs) i don't have a tape player but i have a box of tapes here of things that i recorded and yeah it was it was a great time I just felt the intimacy of the medium that was you know listening to people. It was fascinating to learn about the world and people's opinions. And so that was my connection to that. And I so I'm excited about this medium called podcasting, where now more people than ever before are listening uh, yeah. to audio content that we can oh, talk yeah. to people without having to work at a radio station. Um, that's a beautiful thing. And so that's what I said. it's a great time to pursue your dreams because, when we were growing up, only a handful of people got to work in radio. You and, were
0: lucky; it was like a special thing. Yeah, and there were trade-offs. Was, you also yeah.
1: had to kind of give up some other things in life because it wasn't the best-paying job in the world. No,
0: um, but, but <laughs> for so you most had to, people know. And so now
1: it's like you can have both. You can you can talk to people uh, and share your opinion. Uh, and you know, thankfully, you're listening to this. We get to do this. Yeah. So thank you for that. Um, but I just wonder, you know, what dreams do you have or did you have as a seven-year-old that have laid dormant and you know, what would it take for you to get curious and rekindle that?
0: I've so, kind of thought about this a little yeah, bit over the weekend. Cause I, I did have an itch over the weekend. It felt like in my soul, I was like, what is this itch? And how do I scratch it? And I got really weird and artsy over the weekend. <laughs> okay. Um, because part of when I was a seven-year-old, I, and this is interesting because you asked me, what do I think? Yeah. This comes down to conditioning programming, you know. I, I think more than anything, conditioning and programming, which I, I want to open up in a second. Absolutely. But just to answer, just to kind of close that window and answer a question. My whole life I was told I was a musician. So my parents told me my whole life oh, you're musical. You were singing in the nursery. And I was at seven. I was forced to take piano lessons. Um, I I joke about that because I did want to learn how to play. But my mom was like "It, her dream, what she didn't fulfill in life became her dream for me. Uh, And it was you will be a classical pianist because I was never able to do these. And my mom never gave me lessons. And I'm so mad that she never gave me lessons. You will have piano lessons. And I was like, I don't want to be a pianist. I want to sing. So um, so anyway, but I'm grateful now because because piano is a great outlet for me. And I'm, I'm grateful that we did go through that. But that was seven year old me was music is your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And this weekend I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel so disconnected from my music. Music mm. used to be my life. And so I've actually kind of been like, well, maybe that's a door I need to reopen to explore and to give myself some space for because most of my life is parenting and 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 doing life as a family and being an entrepreneur and, and building a business and earning money. And it's very adulty and it's very not artsy. And it's kind of been like, oh, well, maybe I need to explore some, what would seven-year-old me want? Like what is missing from my life? But back to what you were saying about these seven-year-olds that did fulfill things and the ones that mm-hmm. didn't, what you're telling me is conditioning totally. and programming. And I'm in a program right now, That's um, that's specifically meant for money conditioning, Hmm. because most of the world is not millionaires and billionaires. Right. Right. That's like the top one percent, maybe of, of the population. Not even probably if you get really up to the tippy top. But that's all conditioning. That's all like the reason people have the money that they have and become wealthy is the programming and conditioning and the commitment that they've made to it over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. The reason most of us don't have that that kind of access is we have the opposite programming and conditioning mm-hmm. that we can't do it. We don't have enough. We're you know this mediocre thing. And so I'm in this program to kind of reset some of that so that I can get to control a little bit more like, well, I want to be able to set my barometer and my income ceiling a little higher. I want to be able to believe for more. I want to actually be able to dream for more and energetically believe, you know, and and have and have more possibilities. And it's so interesting to notice just in the little bit of work that I've been doing over the past couple of days in this how much my conditioning has kept me small mm. i've been perfectly conditioned to stay as small and mediocre right where i am mm. and i didn't even know it yes. and it's it's subtle things and, and and it's sneaky things but like i was given the assignment of if you could have anything like wave a magic wand right and you you're living the life that you want you can live anywhere you can live in any house you have any amount of income you have whatever you want mm-hmm. like write out what is the life you desire i'm like I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Cause I sit there and uh-huh. I'm like, oh, okay, well, what if I could live on like some Mediterranean mansion, something? Would I want that? <laughs> then my mo- then my brain already went, oh, you know how much property taxes would be? I don't want that. You don't want, you know how many problems you probably have if you and that's been my conditioning. Oh, if I have more, if I make more, I'm gonna get more problems. So why on earth would I want to make more? Right. Right. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's it's so interesting that even like a fun like when I was seven, you say, oh, what do you want to be when you grow yeah. up? Right. Oh, I want to live on my own private island and I want a private jet and I want that, you know, I can't do that anymore It's because uh-huh. the practical me is so conditioned. I'm like. Well, do I really want to live on a private island? That sounds like, that'd be annoying. You could go to <laughs> Walmart, like how at a grocery shop, you, know, if you have the well, money to live on a private island. Those aren't your problems. But like my mind can't even go there because I'm so conditioned to being where I am right now, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. And it goes deeper than that. I feel like there's probably some, I don't know if it's shame or guilt. I know that for me, uh, for all, Uh, For a long time, I said, well, I don't want to make a buck. I want to make a difference. But then uh, as if
0: there's a difference between the two,
1: but then I had a mental shift. Guess what? With more money and resources, I can make a greater difference. Money is not good or evil. Now, if I make my whole life about earning money, I don't think that's healthy. I I think, you know, people uh, die with a lot of wealth and no meaning. I don't want to end up like that uh yes. i'd rather have no money to my name and be filled with loved ones and purpose right so but it's not it's a false dichotomy yes i have an idea for, about how i want the world to be and with more resources i can help make that a reality and so i've gotten over that fact that you know if i make too much money that then I'm going to be bad, right? I put that's a a, and once
0: again, on it. that's that's a conditioning, right? And totally. I know that you and I are both Christians and have yes. you know Christian backgrounds, and I feel like that's a big one. That totally. somehow, if I make money, it's going to be an affront to my faith. It's going to be an affront to real spirituality or character or, well, why would you want to, you know, it's the whole, well, you can either serve money or you can serve God. And it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. How come there's a lot of wealthy people in the Bible that were like really blessed and blessed a lot of people? Like, how does that work? I'm with you because that was one of the things that I was kind of wrestling with over the weekend was, wait a minute. Okay. Who am I to want more? like and it felt like wrong right and then it was like wait a minute if i have more more people get blessed right yes. theoretically look okay so let's t- take so this is my example let's take yeah. the jeff bezos example okay? okay he is very wealthy right yeah. not the richest man in the world anymore but like he's very wealthy <laughs> he's one he's up there right he's top 3 <laughs> he's top 3 and <laughs> right behind elon or whatever right. i don't even i can't keep track of who has the most money anyway he's up there right yep who hasn't been blessed by his pursuit of his wealth. Think about what Amazon, it, whether you like it or not, I know there are people that protest Amazon and won't sure. do any business with them. So I you know, I'm, I'm just kind of taking that out. Where, did we ever have a time before the pandemic like when we could just order something and it would come the next day? Like you could get on Amazon, you can literally be like I'm looking for something prime. It could be a, it could be the most random thing. And you could find somebody shipping at Prime and it arrives the next day. I remember when that was unheard. Like it was a whole, yeah, right. There's no way they're going to be able to do that. And then look, look, look at what they've created. Like you, you recommended this documentary on Amazon Prime, right? Uh (laughs) Exactly. Look at the way everybody got blessed because he pursued his, you know, joy and his wealth and things like that. Everybody was better off for it.
1: Well, and we each have to be accountable. So to whom much is given, much is required. I do believe that. And so, I, but I'm not in a place to judge anyone else. I just think for myself, I know uh, there is a a verse in the Bible that says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But I think that gets misconstrued. It says money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say that. And I get yes. it. Money basically, you know, can fuel whatever your passions are. So if you have evil passions and interest. Uh, if you have a bad character, when you have no money, that, that it's not going to be improved with money. Uh, and money can be a great seductress, right? It can definitely ruin you if you don't have a firm, uh, stable, grounded foundation. If you don't have good values, and so I'm want to go into this. And like when I asked about what you dream for, money can help power those dreams. I would hope those dreams are based in goodness and how you can be a blessing uh, to others. Uh, And and that's where I'm coming from uh, on that. But I definitely see, uh, you know, using more resources to help more people and not have this values based judgment on that, you know, people are good or evil based on their income.
0: Yeah. And that's and that's where that's just a lie, you know, for the most part. Are there now are. I don't know Jeff Bezos's morality or righteousness. I'm not. I'm not basing what right. my assessment on that. I'm basing it on did the world benefit? Because oh, yes, the world benefited, right? And Regardless will, of if he's you know <laughs> a righteous person or well, not righteous person. You know,
1: people like you mentioned people have issues, but I do believe I mean entre- entrepreneurism is, is better for everyone. Again, if it's a a pursuit that helps people, but taking. Uh, basically, uh, you know, helping create more resources and give people more access, you know, to unique solutions. Uh, And because... Think about it over history. Before uh, we had as many entrepreneurs, before that was a buzzword, you had a handful of big governments and big corporations running everything. Were we better off or worse than right. uh, you know when things are spread out and we're creating more value? And it's not we have a limited mindset, we have a limited pie, and I'll get mine and you'll get less slices of pie. Li- we're creating a bigger I- pie.
0: That's it. Okay. So I want to camp there for a second because what you went back to with the verse is the love of money is the root of all evil, right? I've had the love of money rephrased to me lately um, by what I believe is, you know, in my conversations with God about this. So this is kind of a personal thing. And if you and you're free to disagree with me, but Mm -hmm. I know, you know, what God has kind of been helping me with and what he's been showing me. And what he's really been showing me is the root of all evil is lack. Mm -hmm. This perception of lack. The reason people steal things is because they think they're in lack. The reason people covet is because they think I can't have it. The reason if you go back and you go through all of the things that Mm -hmm. ruin people, why do people go to war? Because they have this and I want it, right? They want more. Yeah, I want more or, you know, it's not enough and things like that. And it all comes back to lack. Lack. Mm. I don't have it. I can't have it. I'm not allowed to have it. I don't have enough. I'm not enough. And that's where all of the evil stuff is. Well, that's not a money issue, that's a belief issue. That's a belief issue, and so if I'm trying to steal and do dirt, and, and I'm running drug money, or right. I'm you know breaking the law, or I'm doing you know human trafficking, or I'm doing horrific things to 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 that are not bettering humanity, but are breaking down people and 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 mm-hmm. breaking down humanity, I'm probably doing it out of self servient reasons. Well, what is that? Usually because I don't think I'm enough, or usually mm-hmm. because I feel like I need more. Even if I have more, it's not enough. And I'm still in this misery cycle. So like you said, it's not about the money. It's not the money being good or bad. It really comes down. And this is where I've realized I need this radical shift in the conditioning (sighs) because I have been conditioned to lack. I have been conditioned to see lack in my life. I have been conditioned to believe I can't have that. I can't achieve that. I can't do that. You should just be happy. Just be content with what you have. That's the thing that is the most righteous in life, right? Just be content. Well, I can be content with what I have and want more. That's it. You don't you don't have to have either or. Right. I can say, gosh, I'm so blessed. Look at this amazing place I live in. There was a time when I couldn't even imagine. I bought my own house a couple of years ago. There was a time I couldn't even conceive of buying my own house. Right. And now I'm like, oh, now I want a different house. I would like to have more house. Right. But the greed or the lack of this house isn't good enough that's where that love of money comes in. I can say, I love my house. It serves me. It serves my family well. It's so beautiful. And I'm excited because at the right time, I'm going to build towards a new house and this will serve somebody else. And we can have both. We can we can have a different way of showing up and be wealthy. Like wealth is not evil.
1: 100%. And here's what I think. When it comes to the scarcity mindset versus abundance, the important distinction there is, yeah, you're not always gimme, gimme, gimme. I can never have enough. That, That's toxic. Uh, yeah. You'll never have enough. You'll never achieve enough. I know that. But really to be grateful. So start with a, a heart of gratitude, which I do every day in my five-minute journal I've mentioned before, because that's important to me. If you start to notice all the things you lack, uh, you're going to be really ungrateful. But if you notice the things that you have... Uh and are grateful for that. And then dream big that there is abundance uh, that we have in this uh you know world and uh and your um your gaining more wealth is not at the expense of someone else. Now, if it is, that you got to check your heart and make sure uh that, you know, you're not stealing. But if you're creating more value and uh, you know, more benefit for others, there there's more abundance to go around. And so I yeah. know you coach individuals and um you ch- you charge a price for that. And I think maybe in the past there's times when um you might feel guilty about charging a certain number. But it, when you see the outcome and the results that uh, come from it, you realize that you know people uh, y- y have dignity, uh, and and when they pay for something, they have skin in the game and they take yes. it more seriously. And it's an
0: energy exchange when, when when they say, "I'm putting uh, this is sacrificial for me to do this." Well, when you do it and it's sacrificial, you show up in a different way. Then it's not that oh, I'm just trying to take your money for whatever. No, no. It it, it it directly corresponds your investment into things it, it directly yes. corresponds to how much you are will you get back because it corresponds to how uncomfortable you're willing to get <sighs> Well, how, and I how think about, much change you're willing to try, you know? Yes.
1: But, but also I, I think about it. I've been in a strategic coaching uh, program for sh- several years and, you know, it's a significant investment to, to be in the program. Um, but e- each time I'm surrounded by other abundance mindset people, I grow and I learn and it, they produce more value in my life than they extract. Yes. And I can get 80% of their teachings and their content through podcasts and books. I can, and it's all free, uh, online. Uh, you can do the same thing. Uh, I'll give them a free plug. Just check out strategiccoach.com. You can get most of their content free. The same with us. Uh, We do this podcast and I know you have a ton of content on Instagram and all Mm -hmm. over the place where people can get access to your content people don't need more information, but really, uh, they need accountability and, uh, relationship. They need inspiration. Uh, Somebody coming alongside like you saying, you can do it. Here's how.
0: Proximity. Exactly. Proximity. People pay
1: for the proximity to you. But if they just want the information, they can get most of that free. Um, And same thing uh, in the work that I do. And I own a, a burn boot camp. The workouts are free online. You can look at watch the videos, as we all did during a pandemic. If you work out, you had to do it from home. It wasn't the same. The proximity makes a huge difference for those group uh, classes a- and the experience, the energy, as you mentioned. We're all about the high fives at burn, and you get high fived when you walk in the door and the trainer, and there's a transference of energy uh, through those connections. And so people are happy to pay a premium price for that community and that connection, the proximity you can get the information for free yeah. online you can you can do the workouts at home watching youtube um but it's not the same and so we, bringing this full circle back to the mm-hmm. dreams i think at the end of the day you know don't limit yourself because with when you dream those god given dreams to use your talent and ability to help more people it's going to take resources to do that so i would ask you again just what what were those dreams you had as a child and and begin to dream again that Ah uh, you could you would have abundance and whatever that is for you,
0: and you know i I think the lesson in doing the whole dreaming exercise it is an exercise, yes, is seeing where your conditioning is limiting you. Mm-hmm. like I see the value in that and that self-awareness and realizing that, okay, I didn't get the conditioning. I have a friend who's a multi who's a he's my age he's a multimillionaire. you'd never know it. Um, But we grew up the same. We grew up in the same town. We grew up in the same religion. We grew up in the same ways. It's like rich dad, poor dad, if you've ever Mm, read that book. So he had a rich dad and I had a poor dad and his conditioning is completely different than mine back to your seven year olds. Uh Right. And so what do we do then if we grew up with one set of conditions, we can't go back into time and be like, hey, give me a rich dad so I can condition myself to be rich, right? And 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 put me in a rich family. No, you have the family that you have with the conditioning that you have. What do we do now? And it comes back to what you just said with the coaching, with the proxy, mm-hmm. with, with Recondition. the reconditioning. In- you have to. the only thing that we can do now is we have an opportunity to recondition. Yes. And so that's going to have to be a choice. And that's going to have to be something that you do on a regular basis. And that's why coaches help, because then you're getting into the into that influence of, oh, this is how they think. This is how they have their habits set up. This is how they see things. I need to start talking the way they talk. I need to start thinking the way they think. I need to start conditioning myself the way they condition. Tony Robbins, right, Mm -hmm. who's he was told his whole life, you're going to be a truck driver.
1: Mm.
0: He wasn't born to a rich family. He had a horrible upbringing, and he talks about a lot. Mm-hmm. But he had the proximity to Jim Rohn. That mm. was his mentor. And when he started working for Jim Rohn, he started doing what Jim Rohn did. And he started dreaming, believing, and unconditioning himself. He started working on his poor conditioning. He started changing it. And so I I would love to check out this documentary because I think that, for me, it just really hits home and and just deepens the whole this is a must. Yeah. If you want to have the life that you want to have whatever that looks like doesn't have to be Jeff Bezos big, mm-hmm. right? You're not, not Jeff not Bezos. Everybody. No. You're not. You're not but but even so like it doesn't have to be that big. It doesn't right. have to be that luxurious even. But it is important to dream big. Like my friend and I were talking about Okay, well, what if we took it out of that context and we said you just won the lottery, like that mega millions that was just happening like a couple of weeks ago or last week, whenever it was. What if you won that much money, inconceivable amounts of money? What literally would you do, right?
1: Uh, that's fascinating you bring that up because the statistics are not good for people that win those they go bankrupt and they, right. they lose it all
0: because they, didn't they have haven't done the for work that. Right. and
1: so you know they burn through it and 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 don't have a vision for of the it conditioning well. The right.
0: conditioning you, just because money doesn't automatically make you wealthy mm. like if you have the if you don't have the conditioning for improving your life for improving your circumstances for adding more value for having wealth Then you're just going to go back to what your conditioning was for. You're going to drop right back down to what's comfortable and what's familiar. So this is why if you want to improve something, any area, finances, health, goals, career, family, relationships, anything... You've got to start reconditioning the old program, challenging it, and really figuring out, well, what programming would work best for me to attract the person that I want or or for me to have the career I want or whatever it is that's in your goal. That's the next simple step, I think, for me. (laughs) I love it.
1: Get curious about what that would be. And uh, last thing I'll say uh, for you, don't uh, lose that dream of of music. I think it's important uh, from... Uh, the artist way. Uh, that's a great I love book. that
0: book. And wow, you and I you know, have read a lot of the two practices,
1: the two practices there that so many um, creative people uh, partake in are morning pages. You know, writing, getting all yep. the things out of your head onto the page. Those are so good. And The artist date. Uh, stoking that inner creative artist in you. That was
0: always hard for me. It is. That was the hardest one for me. <laughs> but
1: you know, uh, I do. I'm not consistent. Uh, but I, in the weeks that I schedule time to go, really play, to have fun with my inner creativity, the benefits are so numerous. Um, but it it just feels irresponsible. Something. I got work to do. I got family things. All these things. But right. the, uh, I. I know, I know, I know that it is valuable to make sure uh, it doesn't have to become it shouldn't be something that you're trying to monetize. Uh you're not trying to become a professional uh pianist. But if if it's playing the, the unhustle. Piano,
0: it's that's the right. unhustle part back that to the podcast. Joy, yeah. Uh
1: and it has since you were a child, uh doing music, then what are you waiting for? Go do that. Uh and that's what uh, I love this conversation because I think we would all benefit, you know, from going back and remembering those things. Uh, that the dreams we had as a child and dreaming again that have a brighter future. Uh, because we all do better when we have something to look forward to, whether yeah. you know, and a lot of times those are vacations, but what if you could look forward to your regular life because you were accomplishing some big goals? You weren't working look, you know, working for the weekend, looking forward to the, you know, hanging right. out with your friends on the weekend or whatever. It's like, no, how about you look forward? every single day to the the big goals that you're working toward in the process of accomplishing those big visions of abundance and bringing value and creativity to the world that's what i'm talking about uh join us tell us what that is for you what what's something you're dreaming big for we'll unpack this in future episodes because i'd love to hear uh from the listener of this because i think each one of us has a unique gifting and and dream and uh, whatever it is for you, send us a text. The number is 559-574-3210. And we'll talk to you next time in the next Simple Step Podcast.